Hi, this is Mackenzie. Hey, this is Owen. Don't forget to like our show and subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by the Love and Kindness Project Foundation. What is one thing that you could do to think, speak, or act kindly today? Go to loveandkindnessproject.org to learn more. On this episode of We Are the ADHD Family, we are diving into a series on ADHD and work. If you want to continue the conversation from the show, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash we are the ADHD family. Or if you're on Spotify, ask the poll question. The episode starts at 1 minute 15 seconds. Or just hit your fast forward button once or twice. Before we begin this podcast, if you or someone you know is in crisis or needs emotional support, there are tools that can help. So get yourself a pen and paper or open a note-taking app on your phone or computer. Feel free to pause this episode while you get yourself ready. You can call Talk Suicide Canada at 1-833-456-4566. The Trans Lifeline in Canada is 1-877-330-6366. And in the United States, 1-877-565-8860. You are not alone, and you do not have to be alone. Welcome to We Are the ADHD Family Podcast. This podcast is meant to chronicle our journey with ADHD, autism, and other discoveries along the way. I reach out to advocates, experts, individuals, and other families that want to raise their voices and empower those on their journey. My name is Mark Smeets. I am married to Siobhan, a parent to two wonderful kids, and all of us have ADHD. I want you to feel like you have power and hope. What is the hardest thing about school? The hardest thing about school? I actually really don't know. Is school hard? It's hard when I had to get hard math. My grade four math when there had to be a lot of math questions that don't even make sense. What's the easiest part about school? The easiest part about school is when it's Friday. What makes you happy? Things that I like to do. What is something kind that you tell yourself every day? I can do this. Welcome to a new episode of We Are the ADHD Family. I am your fantabulous, amazing host, advocator, all-around good human being, Mark Smeets. I also forgot to put the word handsome in there. Devastatingly handsome. You know, I just like to be my own hype person sometimes. I hope you enjoyed that little interview that you just heard uh, with Owen. I just figured instead of a funny story, I'd throw in a little conversation of some random questions I thought I'd ask him. And it's also nice because it lets me know where he's at with things too. Not to mention, I think it breaks a couple stigmas in terms of someone who's autistic not being intelligent or articulate or whatever. As you obviously can tell, he's very much all of those things. We're going to continue on with our ADHD and the workplace series. In the previous episode, I talked about taking people on a journey in the stories that you tell to convey to them how awesome your ideas are. But we have to be careful because we do not want to succumb to the ADHD theme park of ideas. This episode is going to be focused on a real-life work story that I wanted to share with you. And I'll do my best to walk you through the things I talked about in the previous episode and how those uh, ideas and tools made a difference in some of the things that I accomplished in this story. I worked for what's known as a third-party logistics company, or 3PL. The difference between a company like I used to work for, 3PL, and say FedEx, 
is that FedEx owns their own trucks, whereas 3PLs do not. They'll contract out those services to other warehouses or trucking companies, etc. And my role essentially was to manage this entire process, making sure that shipments crossed the border on time, there weren't any customs issues. When they came into the warehouse, they were ready for the carriers to pick up. And once they were shipped out, they get to their final destination. I also looked after other things such as the quoting, the billing, special moves, things of that nature. So I made sure that things happened when they were supposed to happen at their specific times. And there were a lot of details and things to remember and do. I'm going to save how I managed a lot of those details for another episode, but uh, ADHD played a part in that as well. When the loads, that's what we call a truckload, it's just short term for truckload. When the trucks came into our warehouse, they could be full trucks, half a truck, they could have one skid on them. It varied from day to day. And translating the skid amount, a full truckload with 22 skids or 23 skids, depending how you loaded it, could be seven to 800 boxes, sometimes more. You could have as little as one skid, which might only have 50 boxes. We never knew how much we were actually getting until about three o'clock in the afternoon, and that would give us a sense of what the next day was going to be like. In the office, I created a file that had all the shipment information on there, from the weight of the boxes, the who it was going to, etc. When I sent that file to the warehouse, the warehouse would then have to load that file into the shipping computers and the shipping computers printed out all the labels. If there were 700 boxes on that truck, 700 labels got printed out. If there were 50 labels, 50 labels got printed out. Therein lied the problem. The way most shipping computers work is that when you have X amount of boxes to print labels for, it is going to print out every single one of those labels. So if you got 500 boxes, you're getting 500 labels all in one shot. And depending on the system, it may not come out alphabetically either. So you might not get it sorted by province or something like that in the file because the shipping computer doesn't recognize it. It takes a long time to print 500 or 700 labels. It doesn't take much time to print 50. But imagine having 30 minutes of your time of your day wasted because all these labels are printing. The worst part was that the skids that these boxes were on were not sorted by province. They were all mixed together. So you could have something from Alberta with BC or with Quebec or with Saskatchewan or Manitoba, whatever. Because you have to now sort all those labels by province, that's going to take even more time. So you may as well add another half hour, 45 minutes to all the label sorting you have to do because you have to find what province goes with what. If you have all those labels that you have to sort out and find the labels for those boxes, it is going to take you hours upon hours. And typically, the warehouse only has about eight hours to do this. It's a full shift. The warehouse essentially was never able to keep up. We, I was always having to call the carrier to say, you need to push the pickup time for later. Or if worst case scenario, we'd have a truck run the material out directly to the carrier that it was supposed to go to. But that might not be until 10 o'clock at night. And by that time, the cutoff for making a flight or for making a ground service on a trailer, it would have been missed. One person can't handle this job alone. 
at one point they this warehouse had about anywhere from five to ten people doing this and if it was a full truckload a truckload or two and you're looking at you know 1400 boxers or something like that then you know you're gonna need 10 12 people to sit there and do this because the process was so unmanageable here is the 22nd kindness break Mackenzie, if you opened a store what would you sell candy and plush toys what makes you feel unstoppable it's their own being loud do you know what unstoppable means no what makes you feel invincible? It is asking me three questions, not two. Hi, this is Siobhan from the Love and Kindness Project Foundation. Check out loveandkindnessproject.org and find other ways to carry out kind acts or start a kindness project of your own. As far as management in my office was concerned, all the fault lied with that partner warehouse. Throw more people at it, throw more money at the problem, Get as many people as you can sorting the boxes. I mean, I was in the warehouse myself sorting it and labeling all these boxes. So I knew what it was like. At some point, my fantastic brain basically had a vision. And that vision was this. It was a very simple one. I asked myself this question. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you could scan a box and then produce the label? I began to ask myself how possible this was and kind of looking at my technical knowledge going, meh, it's a program, should be able to be rewritten. And so the, the funny part is, I wish I'd known this phrase at the time, but remember that ADHD quote I used in a previous episode about what it feels like to have ADHD is that you could build a rocket ship out of popsicle sticks because that's where I was. Once I realized that little saying of wouldn't it be nice if you could only print a label when a box was scanned, that became my mantra. That was the message I was pushing as my solution. I, ain't, I had not worked anything out yet. I just knew that that is the goal, that it's obtainable, and I'm going to the moon. Now, that's where I was. Problem. My boss... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else was there, that's for sure. If I had gone in to his office and told him this fairy tale that I had, um, you know, I would have been shot down. Instead, I took that energy and I took that idea and I channeled it into uh, flowcharts. I channeled it into crafting a letter for the carriers so I could explain myself visually instead of relying on too many words and i must have rewritten this oh 15 20 times just to tighten up each of the sentences to use less words so i wasn't rambling or for that matter i wasn't trying to connect a part that hadn't happened yet once that was all done and set up that's when I approached each of the carriers and I called up their, their IT directors and basically said, here's my plan. Is this doable? Can your shipping system be reprogrammed to accomplish this pie-in-the-sky goal? I'm not sure if it's going to be a shock to somebody listening to this, but the answer, quite honestly, was yes, it can be reprogrammed to do exactly what I was asking to do. I did have some people, uh, some staff in the carriers, as well as in my own organization, 
they tried to convince me that this wasn't worth it, that it wasn't going to make a difference. And quite honestly, I knew they were wrong. I was more than convinced. Once I had my details worked out with the carriers and I had had my meetings with them and conversations and I knew what had to be done and what steps that they had to take, that's when I went to approach my boss. I went into the office and I actually told him my my quote-unquote fairy tale. And he just sort of sat there going, I don't think that's possible. Well, that's when I told him about all the conversations and all the legwork I had already done. And I didn't have to try hard, if I remember right, to really convince him. And that shocked me. But hey, I got the green light and I started the project. Interestingly enough, I still had to use all the emails, all the visuals, resummarize everything, shorten everything over and over again to, to tell people to bring them along as well. And that was extremely helpful because I had put so much effort into coming up with what the plan was supposed to be that it was good for me to have that faith in the final outcome knowing it was going to work. I even did a presentation to the partner warehouse that we were using, and they were really excited about this. I even had the people on the warehouse floor uh, supporting the whole thing because they were the ones doing the work. And all the effort of writing out all the parts that I had to do for this, taking people along on each of the steps, walking through those things, that was extremely helpful because that helped me explain things in chunks and not overload people with, again, random ideas. And if anything, I used a lot of the random things that would come up in my brain, the angry birds of thought, so to speak, um, all the different possibilities. When I presented and people came up with those questions, I already knew what the answers were because I had prepared for it. And I got to give my ADHD brain all the credit for that because all those eventualities, all those things that could have happened, that this could have happened, that this random thing would have been, like, that made the difference. It also gave me a really big boost of confidence as well because I had more faith in what I had done. The whole project took about, I want to say, six months. And I love it because I remember the day that everything went live. And it was a very, very proud moment for me because here I've put all this time and effort into something. And again, starting with that vision, and it worked. And just to have had that experience was, wow. I've actually got video of, I've actually got a lot of video of pretty much me documenting everything. When I went down to the warehouse, I would document certain things because I'd always be thinking about it. But that video of me, I've seen that label printer work and the grin on my face because <laughs> I had the camera on the printer and to me, and it's like, you can tell Mark was a happy guy. One tip I need to put into the other episodes, I'm going to put it here right now because it's really important is if you have the opportunity to do a project like this or any project, make sure you document. Document it with video. 
um, especially video, pictures. Document these steps along the way, and you'll thank yourself for it later. Instead of being the worst process in the warehouse where nobody wanted to do this job, it went to being the best, pr best process in the warehouse where everybody fought to do the job. And eventually, once a couple little things were worked out, I had that down to a one to two person job. It just depended on how many shipments came in. So, for example, if a full truckload came in, myself and another person, we got it done in under three hours. I mean, one person could have, you know, a couple skids done in, you know, by lunchtime at best. The other thing that I didn't care about that was a very big result was, hey, you know, I mean, throwing 10 people, 12 people, whatever at a process, that's really expensive. I honestly didn't care about the money and I still don't. I don't care that it costs a salary of 10 people. It, it, that's not why I, I, that's not why I did it. The reason I did do this was because this process was a waste of human potential. And to see that many people wasting their time labeling all these boxes in a process where managers think that money is the answer, throwing money at something, you know, that'll solve everything. That's where I had to prove them wrong. And that's one of the huge dangers about work. We, we don't equate, we equate our value with the paycheck that's coming back. We don't equate it with the, the good that's going out into the world or how doing a certain process may affect somebody's life. Oh, you're getting a paycheck. Just go do that. It's on company time. Well, you're not getting your time back. None of us can get our time back. Time is the most valuable commodity on the face of this earth. I didn't know about my ADHD back then. The only thing I knew is that I thought differently. And what I had done was embraced all those far out ideas and all that energy and put it to, put, I, I tried my best to, to put it to a, a positive use. But as I've been saying, it takes practice to be able to do this. In that previous episode, I had talked about having outlets. And my outlets became the people that I was bouncing my ideas off of. So it was the director of IT for Campar on FedEx in Canada. It was my IT department. It was the people on the ground. Even the storytelling that I've done for this episode, and if you've made it this long, my gosh, you're amazing. Thank you. Each time I told the story, each time I rewrote an email, that was all practice for me. I imagined as if somebody was right in front of me as I was writing this email, as if, as if I was explaining it to them. So all the practice of trying to keep my thoughts straight, that was a major, major help. I'm hoping I've done an adequate job illustrating and giving you examples of a real-life scenario that I went through and that I laid out in the previous episode. If I haven't, or something seems confusing or off, or I could have given more detail or highlighted a different technique, let me know. Because I'd be really curious to, to know what your feedback is on this story. 
do you feel like I brought you along for the ride? Because if I didn't, let me know what I missed. And if you know of someone that's like me, that's in your life at work or at home, what have you, then sit down with them, help them flesh out their ideas, and help them up. Give them that boost of confidence. Because man, we got some awesome ideas in our ADHD brains. We really, honest to God, do. Sometimes we just need help. There's one piece of the story that I left out on purpose. What was my employer like? Was the office a safe place to explore these ideas? Was it collaborative? These are really important and valid questions. But in the spirit of this episode and, and ADHD and work, this isn't the time or place to bring this up. I wanted to focus solely on the story and telling that. As much as I would have talked about it, if I had, that would have been the, uh, your ticket to the ADHD amusement park. And we're not selling tickets for that on this episode. So wherever you are in the world, stay safe. Have a good night, good day, good afternoon. And more importantly, be kind to each other. Thank you for listening to our show. If you're hearing this message, you've reached the end of the episode. And for that, I want to say thank you. I hope you have enjoyed what you've heard and are walking away with newfound knowledge. We are the ADHD family. See you soon for a new episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or know someone who would make a great guest, contact me through our Facebook page. This podcast is open to everyone. You don't need to be an expert, just passionate and want to see change. The opinions expressed by the host and guest are not associated with any employer or organization unless otherwise stated. Mm-hmm.